This is Wednesday, July 28th, and we're here for our podcast, Living Free. It's a death that never should have happened. About 20 years ago, a man named Daniel Dukes jumped the fence at SeaWorld in Orlando. Apparently, he had been to SeaWorld before this and had seen the amazing Killer Whale show. During the special programs, the trainers get in the tank with the whales. Sometimes they throw them toys or ride on their backs. In one show, the whale would lift the trainer on its nose high into the air. Well, Mr. Dukes got the idea that he would like to swim with the whales, too. And one night he jumped the fence, took off his clothes, and went into the pool. He was found dead in the tank the next morning. One of the whales, named Tillicum, played with him like a rag doll. There's a reason that they're called killer whales. Now, here's our text for today, Numbers 16, 28 to 30. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, and that it has not been of my own accord. If these men die as all men die, or if they are visited by the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates something new, the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into death, then you shall know that these men have despised the Lord. Now the end of the story of the men that rebelled against God was not pretty. You remember the problem that Moses had? How could he prove that the Lord had spoken to him? How could he defend himself against the charges that he and Aaron had no right to their positions? God had to act and to do something to demonstrate his authority and to show the people that Moses was the man he had chosen. Moses asked God to do something that would make it clear, something new, that had no other explanation but that it was the hand of God. Indeed, God caused the ground to open up and swallow these men. Everyone knew the truth. Now, these passages trouble us, and they should. How can the Lord deprive these men of their lives? How could He do this? Now, with the killer whales at SeaWorld, they sell plush, stuffed animals of them. They lead the crowds to believe they're tame. We have removed the fear of killer whales. I've personally seen killer whales in the wild. They are apex predators capable of killing other whales that are much larger than themselves. They snack on seals and sea lions. Indeed, they are killing machines. That same killer whale one day turned on its trainer, taking yet another life. He was never tame. You see, in many ways, we've tamed God in our own way of thinking about Him. We've written songs about God that sound sweet and syrupy. And by the way, I I like many of our modern worship songs, but many people don't take God seriously. I love the way author Annie Dillard explains. She says, On the whole, I do not find Christians sufficiently sensible of conditions Does anyone have the foggiest idea of what sort of power we so blithely invoke? Or, as I suspect, does no one believe a word of it? 
The churches are children playing on the floor with their chemistry sets, mixing up a batch of TNT to kill a Sunday morning. It is madness to wear lady straw hats and velvet hats to church. We should all be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our pews. For the sleeping God may wake some day and take offense, or the waking God may draw us out where we can never return. Wow. I remember reading this story years ago of a Jewish man that was a butcher. The law commanded that he invoke the name of God whenever he would slaughter an animal. Each, each day as he went off to work, he kissed his wife and children goodbye, like he might never see them again. He did this because he knew that to speak God's name was to encounter the holy and all-powerful Lord. And he wondered what day he would utter this prayer in a way that brought offense to God. He'd be struck down. He'd never again go home. Do we know the power and glory of which we speak? We're speaking of the Lord of glory here. You see, the scriptures do not first reveal the love of God, but the blazing holiness and mighty power of God. It is later when we see the wrath of God over sin fall upon Jesus that we learn the fullness of God's love. It's not a love that blots out injustice and that takes away God's holiness and justice, but a love that establishes it. It is because of the power of God and the love of God that we can have confidence good will win out in the end. Psalm 128 begins with these words, How blessed is everyone that fears the Lord, that walks in His ways. Let's pray. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, the whole earth is full of Your glory. Forgive us for our efforts to tame You, to bring You down to our size, and to think You are like us. Enable us by Your Holy Spirit, we pray, to live in the light of your glory and rejoice in your goodness and your love too. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.